Well, this morning we're going to go into a very challenging and intimidating passage. Many of us who have grown up in the church have heard this passage a lot. It's on bumper stickers. It's, it's on the, uh, what is it, the, uh, the calendar devotions that you put above your toilet or, you know, on your desk. It's, it's one of those passages that really get us going and, and hyped up. But the reality of what we're going to go through this morning is really heavy. And it's a non-negotiable, and it also can be misunderstood if we don't approach it in the correct way. So this morning, as we go through Philippians 4, 4 through 7, we are going to kind of study some words here a little bit and talk about uh, the posture that we need to have daily. Now, going through the series of Philippians, uh, Paul has, has really challenged the church of Philippi to move out of nominality. Or to not go to nominality. Remember, it's a thriving church. They're on fire for Jesus. They are supporting Paul and his missionary uh, endeavors. They're excited about ministry. But Paul understands that life tests what you know. And whether you know Jesus or not, you can move into a place of complacency. You can move into a posture of, you know, I've got this figured out. I go to church every Sunday. There's got to be more than this. I'll just coast. Has anyone been caught in the coasting method of Christianity? Yeah. It often happens when we don't accept the challenges of godly relationship, what Jesus is pressing into us. He calls us into places that really challenge us, and when we don't accept that challenge, we become complacent, we get whiny, and we, under, we go, why God? Well, you didn't, you're not doing what I'm asking you to do. <laughs> and you're surprised, you're feeling complacent okay where God leads us is hard because it goes against what's natural to us to love our enemies is not natural to give up our own uh, comfortability for the sake of another doesn't feel natural we want to be there we want to be at a place where we can do that but it doesn't feel natural so we can fall in this this pit of complacency and that's what Paul's addressing in Philippians just a quick recap so you understand what we're talking about this morning. And then Mark did a fabulous sermon last week about being in the same mind as Christ. How many find that a daunting task? Being of the same mind. Well, this morning is going to, I think, help with that understanding of how do we, how we become the same mind. Because if you try to do that in your own strength and think really hard to think godly thoughts you're going to always get frustrated because you're going to fall short. Because it's not about just thinking God's thoughts out of your own strength. It's about having such a close proximity to Jesus that his thoughts become your thoughts. That his desires become your desires. But without that proximity, you cannot be of the same mind. Without that proximity, you cannot look like Jesus the way that we're supposed to. Are we on the same page here? Okay. So, here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. What? Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is what? Near. Okay, we're going we're gonna to really hit that word this morning. Do not be anxious about anything. How, that hard task? Yeah. 
But in every situation, what situation? Every situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Who has heard this passage? Okay, is it fair to say it's a bumper sticker devotional passage? Yes. When I saw that this was the passage I was doing, I almost threw up. Just being honest with you. I became anxious, if you will. Um, It's a challenging passage. When you look at this passage, you can go, don't be anxious. Whoa, that's a heavy thing. Um, In every situation, pray. That's a heavy heavy thing. Be gentle all the time. Man, that's a heavy thing. This to-do list is daunting. And that's because we approach it as a to-do list. Now, when you're, uh, I'm in the process of, of moving homes. We're looking to sell our house and move to a different place in the area. I'm not going anywhere. Um, <clears throat> and the, the to-do list of preparation is terrible. It, it, really, it's frustrating. I mean, how many have been in that process? And I, I'm more of a wing it guy because I don't want to get discouraged by the list. I look at the list and then I go from, let's do this thing, to, oh my gosh, can we just stay here? Maybe let's build a cave, live underground. I don't want to do any of this. And I see that list and I'm going, <gasps> and so when we look at this, we can look at just a few things and go, <gasps> don't be anxious about anything. I'm anxious right now just reading that. How am I supposed to apply that to my life? Well, it's all about posturing. When we look at Scripture, it's all about posturing. And uh, when we read Scripture, I want to make this very clear. It is important when we read Scripture to read it within its context. It's important to understand the cultural context, the historical context, and all that intellectual jargon, that academic stuff. It's really, that's good stuff. It helps us understand what the writers are talking about. But if it is not read first through a relational lens, we will miss everything. We will miss everything. I've got good friends that love to just go to pubs outside seminaries and just talk theology and argue the intellectual academic side of things and forget about the relational nature of what we're reading and what we're looking at. So I want to make sure that this morning we listen with relational ears, that we read with relational eyes and understanding, okay? That good? It's about posture. We want to posture ourselves relationally. So here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. Say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, Paul is saying rejoice how many times? Twice. When, he, when anyone in Scripture repeats themselves, they don't do it because they want to hear themselves again. They do it because they're trying to make a point that is very important and wants us to pay attention. That's why we do repetition. Why we ask every week for all of us to say the, question, the questions in prayer, what? What's number one? Lord, what do you want to say? Number two? How do you want me to respond? What do you want me to do about it? We repeat that over and over because it is most important to us. So, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. What does this mean? What does rejoicing mean? When we look at the Greek, the Greek word Cairo or kairos, it means to actually lean into the favor of God. Sometimes we think it's rejoice. Yeah, that's part of it. 
But it's literally leaning in and experiencing the grace and favor of God. That's what that means. So that's pretty important, wouldn't you say? No? No no one thinks leaning into the presence of God is important? We're participating together here. Okay? So that's, that's how this passage starts. Well, how do we become the same mind, like-minded with Christ? Well, we first rejoice, 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 meaning we're leaning in to the favor and the presence of God. That means there has to be close proximity. Close proximity. You've got to be with him. Leaning in, pressing in to the presence. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Now, when I read this, I don't, I don't mean, when we, we hear gentleness, let, let's understand what that means. It's not the same thing as being delicate like everything is fragile and every human being is fragile. Okay? It's, it's, it's not tiptoeing around things. Oh, Mark is so oversensitive. I got to be gentle with him because it might be, my words might be like a bull in a china shop and he might be shattered and uh, just, oh, I'm Mark Spencer. No, you know, <laughs> that's, that's not what this means. What we hear, let your gentleness be evident, meaning your posture, it's, it, the Greek means a relaxing into the, the true spirit of the law, Jesus' heart. Relaxing into it, into the strict things, right? Because the law was taken in a strict, legalistic way that didn't produce the life that we would want to see, right? And so the gentleness lets your kind of relaxing demeanor be witnessed in every relationship and how you approach Jesus. I was watching this TV show, um, oh my goodness, this is confession time, um, with, with Shanna, uh, the Gilmore Girls, I'm going to get like hate mail, um, and there's this gal on the show whose mom is a, um, a Christian from Korea, and she is the meanest person I've ever seen. Just not a gentle, relaxing piece about this woman. I watch it and I cringe because I go, this is the perception Hollywood has of Christians. It's this fear-driven, you can't, how she handles her daughter, you can't see boys, you can't go do this, you can't go do that, it's out of your protection, me protecting you, it's all this stuff, and you just cringe because that's not the gentleness to be evident to all people. It's that legalistic, fearful thing, and Jesus didn't give us a spirit of fear, did he? No. So this is to be evident to all people. It's this gentleness, trust, this relaxing into the presence of God, taking it in a relational way. You take it in a legalistic way, you've left relationship. That doesn't mean relationship doesn't have boundaries or boundaries that we uphold, but our attitude can't be like this. Because that's fear, judgment, punishment, and it's very off-putting. Is it not? Now, the Lord is what? Near. And we're going to spend a majority of our time on this this morning. Many scholars hold and then go right to that Paul is talking about the Lord's return. The Lord is near. He's coming, true. 
But if you look at this word in Greek, it has a two, two-folded meaning. Yes, he's near, but it also means the physical proximity he has to you. That he's already here as well in spirit. And so Paul says, rejoice, lean in always, let your gentleness be evident to all. How can we do that? Because the Lord is what? Near. How can we do that? Because he's near. The Lord is near. He's present. He's right here and he's coming again. It's a twofold thing. When you look at all the scholarly work on her, a lot of it, and you look at commentaries, they skip the relational aspect and they go, they're just, Jesus is coming. But if you look at the entire context of Philippians, it's about staying close with Jesus. Paul's exhorting them, don't get off track. Don't leave Jesus for these other things. Stay right where you are with him because it's the only way you can do the things that I'm telling you to do. Next week, we'll look at the wonderful passage and the very hard passage. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that alone says that none of these to-do list things can be done apart from him. And there's a reason why in the middle of this passage, he says, the Lord is near. Not just that he's returning. That's true. That's part of it. So we want to be prepared, ready to go in the sense of we have this posture of gentleness. We're staying close to him. So it's, it's not one or the other. It's a both and. Is that clear? The Lord is, say it with me, near. He's right there. It doesn't always feel that way sometimes, but it doesn't change the reality that he is. He's near. And so we can rejoice because he's near. We can lean in because he's near. We can be gentle because he shows us how. Um, I, I love telling stories while I can. <laughs> Uh, about my daughter Gracie because she's crazy. And, um, but by the time she hits six, she's like, stop talking about me with everybody. Um, so as, it's my right as a dad right now to talk about her in any way I want. But it's really interesting because <clears throat> she watches mom and dad, right? Your kids watch you. They watch what you do. And it's really funny when they try to do things on their own for the first time. It doesn't really go that well. Does it? So Gracie's now on the stage. She's, she's almost four, and she's on a stage where she wants to do everything by herself. I'm like, you sure you don't want me to help you? No. I want privacies. That's what she said. <laughs> I want privacies. Leave me alone. <laughs> so I'm like, fine. So she has her quiet time, which is her nap time, and so she's in her room, and the other day, she, she wants to do everything by herself. She doesn't want my help. She doesn't want mommy's help. She wants to do everything by herself. So all of a sudden, I hear from her room, the door's closed, Daddy, help me. Help me. And I'm like, oh, she just wants to get out of her room. And I, but then I, her intensity goes up. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Well, in her room, she has this wicker basket where she keeps all of her stuffed animals and stuff. So she thought it would be awesome if she cleaned it out and she got to the bottom of it. So she starts screaming and screaming. Finally, I go in, and I, I just see legs flopping with the lid on of this basket. Is doing this. Help me, help me. And I open the basket, and she, it was just too deep for her to get out. She's stuck head first. 
And she tried to do all these things on her own, and I'm, I'm present, I'm there, but she didn't engage me to get the things that she needed and do the things that she wanted. And obviously, it's a, it's a little bit of a different story, but you get my point. The proximity needs to be taken advantage of. He is near. He's right here. And he's going to show us and, and help us do the things he's called us to do, but with us. It's something we have to go lock our room and go do it on our own to show that, you know, we're independent. We're not. We can't do anything independently from God. We can't do anything that we would want to do in the way that we should for, uh, separate from God. You cannot. Paul knows this. So, be near. Now, here's the one in verse 6. We love this one. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. All right, do not be anxious about anything. I don't know how to do that. I have no idea. You can try yoga. You can try all these other things. You can try husa. You can do, you know, cut bonsai trees. I don't care. It's not going to get you to the place where anxiety is absent from your life. The only way that does that is partnering with the easy yoke of Jesus. It's the only way. So, do not be anxious about anything requires us to stay close to Jesus if, that, if we want that to happen. It's not a, to do, a task on a to-do list that we can just check off. It is a daily struggle to step into the easy yoke and presence and trust of God so that we are not overwhelmed and overcome by that <laughs> feeling. For me right now, is, is my house going to sell on time? Is it going to do this? Is it, and then you just, all these questions, and then you're like... Wah. You're like, this stinks. I hate this. And yet Jesus is saying, I'm I'm right here. (laughs) Lean in to my favor, meaning rejoice that I've got you, that I'm here, that I'm near. I want to be with you. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This is really important. And what... But in what situation? Every. When scripture uses absolutes, it means absolutely. Okay? We use absolutes, like I'm going to do right now, all the time. Right? You always do this. You always say that. Every single time, you always do this. I mean, how many absolutes are we going to put in one sentence before the person feels completely shamed? Right? But this is an absolute. In every situation, every single one of them, that you can imagine, that you've been in, that you will be in, in every situation, by prayer and petitioning, offering up, with thanksgiving, thank you Lord, rejoicing, present every request that you have to God. One of the biggest hurdles for us as Christians is we go, I don't want to bother God with that. That's not a big enough prayer request for God to deal with. Who's done that? Own it. Who's done that? Yeah. How many have not prayed for something because of that? All right? Or you prayed about it and you felt dumb after. I really prayed for a parking spot. When my kids, well, Gracie, Emma doesn't really talk. He just goes, no, no, no. 
Uh, but when she asks me for all the little things in the big, I love it because she's in proximity to me. And sometimes you can get annoyed, you know, because daddy, 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 oh my goodness, your eyes go cross, you know, it's like, stop, no, no. I'm going to learn the hard way someday that I I wish I never said no to that. Now, when they ask it like 300 times over and over again, it gets a little irritating. But the fact that she's coming to me and engaging me, isn't that a delight? Shouldn't that be a delight for us? God delights in every request, in every situation. And guess what? It really, really... um, focuses your prayers because you can be specific this passage gives us permission to to pray specific prayers so i've been i've been praying lord please help us if it's your will to sell our house in three you know whatever the end of the weekend i'm being specific for this prayer you know specific god invites that does it mean it'll always be answered that way no but he gives us the invitation to pray on everything, to request anything and everything. I always, always say, look at that. I quite often pray for a parking spot in the front. I quite often pray for these, for the little things, but they're big things to God because it draws us into his presence. Who, who measures the worth of a prayer? And the depth and the, how big it is. For some reason, we think that it's our job to do that. But here, Paul is helping these, this church posture some, themselves to say, this is the type of God, this is the God, the Father that you have that wants you to be with him and request anything and everything no matter what the situation. He loves us that much. He wants to be a part of everything, every decision. People make fun of me sometimes because... Uh, I, I will go to uh, we'll go to a restaurant and they're going, are you going to have this? What are you going to order? And I go, I'm praying about it. For your food? You're praying about your decision, decision making over food? Well, yeah. Maybe the Lord wants me to have a really, really good cheeseburger. <laughs> because he loves the delight on my face when I eat something really good. <laughs> Maybe it's this, right? That's great. How many love cooking for people? And, and when they love what you eat, does that, do, you, do you delight in that? I rest my case. Anything and everything, bring your requests to God. And why can we do that? Why can we be uh, absent of anxiety? How can we do that? Because he's near. He's near. He's right there. Press into him. Lean into his favor. And here comes the biggie. They're all biggies, but this is... This is a tough one. And the peace of God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. In who? In Christ Jesus. The peace of God. It's interesting, I was doing a word study on peace because we often think peace is the absence of challenge or the absence of conflict. We, can't, we can go there, you know, or it's this, this, hey, 
you know. Everything's groovy. Everything's, I used groovy in a sentence, by the way. The only person I know that does that is Mark Zamora. Um, and really what it means, again, I said we were going to go through uh, some words here and what the Greek has to say about this, but peace in the Greek means to join or tie together in a, into a whole. To join or to tie together into a whole. Proper wholeness. And at the end of this passage, we see how is that in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, we can receive and experience and step into a peace that surpasses all understanding, which means the understanding part means, it means to think, the, the mind, the mental capacity to exercise reflective thinking. That's what God's peace, the wholeness, the uh, the power of who he is transcends, goes beyond, above all, anything we can think of creatively, intellectually. It goes beyond anything. That's why we're to pray in every circumstance because in everything when we step into God, his peace transcends all of that. All of it. The go-to prayer in the church is, Lord, we pray for your peace. We do. It's a great prayer. Let's understand uh, the size of that prayer or the power, the impact of that prayer, that God's peace brings wholeness to a fractured heart that is broken to pieces by a situation, and his peace comes in and brings proper wholeness that transcends the context that brought the brokenness. It goes beyond it. It goes beyond what you can fathom. The worst situation you could come up with on paper, if you wrote it down, his peace can bring healing to that and beyond. It'll go beyond what you can come up with. There's no way God can redeem me because I've done A, B, C, D, E, F, and G all the way to Z. Well, in comparison to the bigness of God's love, he can mend that with a blink of an eye because his peace surpasses all of that. Is bringing into wholeness unity with his spirit can mend and heal all of that. There's nothing too big for him. That's why he says, I'm near, be with me, and guess what? You can do all things because I strengthen you. Because, say it with me now, I am near. I'm near. I'm right here. I'm right here. Is it a struggle for you to find me sometimes? Is it a struggle for you to hear me sometimes? Yes. But I have the grace to continue to invite you in, to be patient with you, to walk with you as you ask the hard questions. I'm not threatened by your anger. I'm not threatened by your doubt. I am right here. I'm right here. He says it again. I am right here. And there's peace in that. Because there's peace, there's no anxiety. Because there's peace, you can relax into it and feel the, and, and model the gentleness of my spirit. Because of that, I will strengthen you. We'll talk more about that next week. Because I am right here, 
You're going to see things that you haven't seen before. You're going to experience things you haven't experienced before. Because I am right here and because I love you so much, you can ask me anything. You can request anything. You may not get it. You may not get what you want the way you want it. But I'm going to give you something even greater. Because everything I do surpasses your understanding. That's why you need my Holy Spirit within you so that you can begin to understand what once you could not. Because I am near. And if you look at all the religions out there, you look at all that stuff, He's the only God that is in the way that He is. I was thinking this morning on this passage in the word every bring every request well I have a numerous countless amount in my mind and I am one person out of probably trillions of people that have been on this planet and God knows every single one of them of every single person can you understand that can you no you can't That's how big his love is. And the only way we begin to experience that love is if we understand and we take advantage of the fact that he is near. Okay. So how do we have the same mind of Christ? How do we get there? Paul says it, the beginning of this passage. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because he is near. And if rejoice means to lean in to the favor of God, that is how we begin to have the same mind as God through his Holy Spirit is that we're leaning into his presence and the more and more you are with someone, the more and more you become like them. For good or for bad. In this case, beyond good. When people say to me, man, you're just like your dad. You look just like your dad. Ah, Because you hear it all the time. But what a privilege if someone says to you, man, you look like God. Man, you love like God. Man, you respond like Jesus. Ah, drives me crazy. (laughs) Because they want to be there. They want to look like him. They want to be like him. They want to have his eyes. But you can continue the fight to reduce that proximity and get closer and closer and closer to him because he's not going anywhere. He's already here. He's near. He's right there up in your grill. He does, I I was praying this morning that God would be so in our faces that we couldn't even breathe because he's not going to let you go. He's going to make you know that he's near. He's going to show you that he's near. Now it's your job to engage him. I felt anxiety all week when I left a posture of prayer because I began thinking of the circumstances and not who I was walking through the experience with. 
when I began to see that I was, Jesus was the one orchestrating this, he was the one walking with me, peace that surpassed it, all that craziness happened. When your kids are yelling at you, or screaming, or this or that, and they're not listening to, they're interrupting you, sometimes you have to do one of these. Hey! And they kind of go, Whoa! And then you use that still small voice, and then they begin to listen, hopefully. Praise God, hopefully. But life can get crazy, and, and God, he's always there, he's always near, and he's going to go, hey, I'm right here. So, easy passage. Hello? No. It's not. But it's a non-negotiable. So I want to pray this over you as we close. I want to pray this passage over you. And um, we just want to allow ourselves to receive the reality and the truth that God is here in the midst, up in your face, right here. Right before, right before I, I uh, stepped up here, I'm getting outside a camera view here, so I apologize. I stood next to Mark like this because I knew it would drive him nuts. <laughs> I was in his space, just standing here, hovering, you're looking doing, down on his wonderful head. You're doing it again. And I'm doing it again. <laughs> but guess what? He had to go, he looked up at me and goes, what? <laughs> he engaged me. He recognized that I was near. He recognized that I was hovering. He couldn't get out of my presence because I was going to move where he moved. That's God. He's near. You can't get away from him. So eventually, if you haven't already, you're going to have to go, what? And just watch him pour on you. So, on that note, join me in prayer as I pray this over you this morning. as best you can, posture yourselves in a way that you can receive. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, His mercies are new every morning. His love remains. His love for you will never fade. Those aren't just words. They are fundamental realities of the universe. His love for you will never stop. And because of that, I say to you, in Jesus' name, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all people. For the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your every request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding, will guard, will protect your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that we would stay in your presence. We thank you that in you we are guarded, we are protected. 
We thank you that we can say you are near, that you are right here with us. And that because of that, we can partner with you and watch you and know how to step into the peace that transcends all understanding so that we are not overcome by anxiety or fear. But we live a life of gentleness, of love and grace because we partner with that love and grace every day because you are near. I thank you that you are a God that is near. And that though we may pray this prayer, we never really, really have to ask, God, where are you? We ask it. But we thank you that we don't really ever have to be afraid that you are not going to be here. That you are near. For those of us that are having trouble identifying where you are right now, and that you're near. Open our eyes in Jesus' name. If there's chaos and confusion, I pray that you would bring that holy, hey, I'm right here. So that we can look at you and know and be comforted and experience the peace that brings wholeness. I pray this morning that you would bless the offering, that we would be faithful entrusting you as you call us to give. You call us to give. And whatever that may be, may we trust you because you are near. We know that you are near. That we do not have to worry about our finances. We do not have to worry or have anxiety about how you are going to provide. We know that you will because you are near. So bless it and use it to reach people for your kingdom not just to know about you, but to know you, to walk with you, to experience who you are, your love and your grace upon us. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
place and feel the earth. 